0: From the sports desk of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal and RedRaiders.com, here's your look at all things Texas Tech sports. Now, here's the Red Raider Podcast. And hello, everyone. This is Carlos Silva, the sports editor for the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, bringing you another edition of the Red Raider podcast. Apologize for the late, uh, I guess, arriving podcast, but we've been a little bit busy with uh, signing day and kind of other things going on around the South Plains. But now that there's a really big game coming up, decided to do what we normally do and, of course, get the opposing beat writer. And for this one, with number five Gonzaga on the docket, we've got Jim Meehan. Uh, part of me, uh, on the other end of this uh, line. I guess, uh, Jim, appreciate you jumping on, and uh, you ready to talk a little bit of basketball?
1: Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me, Carlos.
0: Yeah, so obviously you've been covering Gonzaga the past 14 years. A couple years ago, you and I had kind of talked before when Texas Tech took on Gonzaga uh, on their way to a national championship. Do you kind of remember that game at all? And I'm assuming there's a lot of guys that probably aren't on on the roster anymore.
1: Yeah, that, uh, that roster is gone and moved on from Gonzaga's point of view. But I remember that game very well. Uh, Gonzaga was the top seed. I mm-hmm. think Tech was the third seed. Mm-hmm. And uh, a pretty good game back and forth in Anaheim. And uh, really came down to the final minutes. And Texas Tech made all the big plays. Uh, there was a key technical foul, I think, on Josh Perkins. Mm -hmm. Uh, reached across to uh made contact with the ball on an inbounds pass before it left the kids hands and uh tech ended up winning at 75 69 and uh, beyond the game what i remember most is i have never seen a gonzaga locker room any locker room uh, as devastated as they were that that team was uh pretty convinced that they were going to go to the final four and, and even beyond they, they thought they really had national championship potential and it was uh, it was uh, something to see in the locker room they were they were just crushed tears all over the place and uh, guys could hardly talk about that game afterwards.
0: Yeah, well, the whole reason I brought that up was because I asked uh, Coach Mark Adams of Texas Tech about that game and just, uh, again, bringing up the point that there, there was only one guy that was on the team, and even by on the team, it was a, a young freshman named Kevin McCullough, who's now obviously matured a little bit, didn't play in the contest because you had other guys that were playing in that, in that game. But the whole reason I asked was, uh, I guess, if, if there's any comparisons to that because of the way that Mark Few, uh, the head coach at Gonzaga, Um, kind of kept his program and he feels like it's going to be a a game where he recalls it being a very offensive uh, scoring game. I know that was kind of the the fun part for fans. It was like they were trading threes going back and forth up tempo offense. And he feels like it's going to be the same type of game. And if Texas tech isn't on its, on its game in terms of of its offense, Mark Adams feels pretty uh, worried about that. Would you kind of agree with that
1: point? Well, yeah, I mean, it kind of shapes up Gonzaga, um, over the years has been known for their offense, their offensive efficiency. Uh, Last year's team, I can't remember what they ended up averaging. It was over 90 a game, I think.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Was kind of a a team for the decades, really, for offensive efficiency and their scoring numbers. Uh, Ken Palm's rankings, all that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two-point percentages, just ridiculous uh, <laughs> yeah. and they still do that to uh, this team does the same thing that way um, and I think that you know they they're very good defensively they actually had the number one defensive team in the country in 2017 mm-hmm. when they made the finals against uh, North Carolina uh, but but really offense is what they've been known for the defense has caught up over the years and that's turned them into a national power but Defense is kind of what Texas Tech seems to hang their hat on, uh, even when Mark was an assistant coach there, right? I mean, he, yep. he kind of was the <laughs> defensive coordinator, I guess you'd say, and, and the numbers back that up. I mean, they are very good steals, low field goal percentages, low point totals, uh, and so that's the matchup that I'm really kind of anxious to see. Uh, can Gonzaga score against Texas Tech the way they've scored against most people? And then can Texas Tech, if, if the Zags do that, uh, Texas Tech is going to have to keep up, and we'll see if they have the power, power to do that. Well, absolutely, and and we'll
0: get into this a little bit more uh, with, with some of the matchups and just some of the players that are in Gonzaga as we kind of delve into this. Once again, this is the Red Raider podcast. I'm Carlos Silva with the Lubbock Avalanche Journal Sports Editor for the newspaper, talking to you about Gonzaga-Texas Tech, which is going to be played at noon on Saturday in Phoenix, Arizona as part of the Jerry Colangelo classic, a uh, big game. So we've got Jim Meehan, the Gonzaga basketball beat writer from the spokesman review covering the Bulldogs for the past 14 years. So kind of along those lines, I guess one of the big storylines, at least from my perspective, maybe no one's really talking about it, or maybe you've kind of asked coach about it, but they haven't played a game for a while. It's been December 9th, if I'm not mistaken, because they had the game against Washington canceled. Uh, is there any, worry about having that time off or maybe it was good because maybe they had some guys that were banged up.
1: Well, they, they do have some guys that are banged up. Um, they, they probably will have Caden Perry. Uh, he's a six, nine freshman that uh, really athletic kid uh, that he's been having back issues. Uh, so I would think he'd be available. He's usually their fourth or fifth big. Uh, they got another kid named Dominic Harris a highly rated kid coming out of high school, played about seven, eight minutes a game last year. Uh, But he's been out um, all season with, uh, he had foot surgery. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe he's coming back till January at the earliest. And it may even be longer than that. So from that standpoint, it was probably good to get Caden some time. Uh, They obviously wanted to play, but there was uh, issues, COVID issues Mm -hmm. in Washington's program. So that's why that game got canceled. And it does create this long layoff. Uh, you know, they played December 4th against Alabama, December 9th against Merrimack, and now the 18th. So that's three games this calendar month. <laughs> that's not ideal. Um, but they also have finals this week. So in that regard, it probably did give them time to uh, to concentrate on on getting their school, their tests done and and then turn their full attention on to Texas Tech, which I'm sure they've done pretty much since the Merrimack game was over and the Washington game was canceled. So uh, they've had a lot of time to compile a scouting report. And and the odd thing is this is right at the same time as they had this long COVID layoff last year. And that was problems in Gonzaga's program with COVID. Uh, I think they went something like two plus weeks in between games they had four games canceled and they came off that they had two or three practices before they played number three iowa and played like they never missed a beat ended up beating iowa like 99 to 88 or something yeah and just carried on just like they'd never missed a beat or a practice so who knows how they'll (laughs) respond this week or in this game but that was a different roster. That was a roster with a ton of experience, mm-hmm. a ton of guys who'd played together. This roster is more newcomers and freshmen, and then a couple of guys who've been in Gonzaga uniforms for a few years and Drew Timmy, uh, Andrew Nemhard, and Anton Watson. So the, the mix is different. I, I doubt they'll probably uh, look uh, like they didn't miss a beat at this with this layover this time. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because you've also got a guy in Rasir Bolton who was a former Iowa State
0: Cyclone. So a little bit of Big 12, uh, I guess, uh, j- just some Big 12 looks there as well. So I guess just uh, before we get into the, the roster here, Jim, uh, I guess they're 8-2 and two right now. The two losses that they have are to Duke and Alabama. And that, at, at least for me, just kind of looking at the stats, I, I watched a, a couple of, the, of, of uh, the plays or just some highlights from those two. It seems like if you're going to beat Gonzaga, you have to outscore them. It doesn't seem like any teams really kind of slow them down, other than maybe Tarleton State.
1: Well, yeah, they—I mean, they—they are—they've uh, got a lot of firepower. Mm-hmm. Uh, in those two games, they didn't score it as well as they usually do, um, and that's probably a tribute to Duke's athleticism, uh, bigs that are very active. Mark Williams, Paulo Bencaro, uh, guard line that's very athletic and Alabama's got three or four of the best guards in the country I, I'm not sure there's a better guard line out there mm-hmm. and they also had a big kid in the middle a freshman named Betty Aco, uh that really his length I think he blocked six shots uh, and and that, that kind of corresponds with what Baylor had last year uh, the great guard line and then rim protection inside uh, and, th- and that's the teams that seem to have given Gonzaga some issues. Uh, now the Zags still scored it. I think they had 81 in, in both games,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: but both those teams can really get out and run on their own. They can both score it. Uh, Baylor obviously did that last year in the title game. Uh, so that's, that's kind of been the teams that have given them issues, but uh, those are some of the best teams in the country. I mean, UCLA, oh, absolutely. They, played, they played UCLA was number two and beat them by 20. They played Texas who's number five and had them down 20 at halftime. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Alabama, they were coming from behind the whole game, got within four, but got outplayed down the stretch. And the Duke game was just high level, uh, high level start to finish. Uh, You kind of came away from that game thinking those two could really meet again in Elite Eight, uh, Final Four, what have you. They just are that good that night. But again, Duke outplayed them in the closing minutes and and got the win. So I I think as it relates to Saturday's game, Texas tech is going to have to score uh, either that, or they're going to have to really shut the Zags down into the sixties. And that would probably be their kind of their formula to get a win Saturday.
0: Absolutely. And that's going to be kind of tough when you got
1: four guys that are
0: averaging in double figures. You already mentioned one of them and Drew Timmy. He was a guy that Chris Beard, if I recall, was trying to recruit to Texas Tech, and I know Texas was looking at him as well with Shaka Smart at the time. I guess what's made him so special, it seems like he's been a four-year guy that's just really kind of developed himself into a potential player of the year candidate.
1: Yeah, he's he's a unique player. There, there I, I can't recall, and the Zags have had a, a long line of uh, bigs, either fours or fives, uh, but he's different. He, he just has... Uh, kind of an endless supply of moves on the on the low block uh his footwork his ability to finish his touch kind of his patience in there uh is remarkable uh he, he makes uh, somewhere around i don't know what it is now but last time i looked he was in the 60s mid 60s on two pointers mm-hmm. draws a ton of fouls uh, he's just got a, a a lot of moves in there and and it, it, just very polished. Uh, and I think all the Texas schools recruited him. I remember talking to him when they played Texas A&M when he was a freshman, and he had a lot of people at that game, and they were they were in on him as well. But he kind of came to Gonzaga. He, he liked the, uh, the atmosphere in the program, the coaching staff, and how they develop players. And that's that's been kind of uh, a cornerstone for the program. A lot of bigs that come in, uh, very talented, very skilled, but they get better and better. And, and now a lot of those guys are in the NBA making making pretty good paychecks.
0: Yeah, one of those potential guys, at least that's on the roster right now, I know I kind of held, held his name out for a little bit, but for obvious reasons, kind of want to mention Chet Holmgren. I guess what what makes him so special? And I guess as he kind of lived up to the expectations that everyone's been talking about the number one recruit in the country.
1: Yeah, just like Timmy, he's another unique big uh, you just don't see many guys that are seven feet yeah uh, that are very comfortable on the perimeter. In fact, he plays probably more on the perimeter than he does in the paint. Uh, he's long arms, uh, he's very skinny he's he's probably a buck 95 uh, mm-hmm. but but don't mistake that for for non-competitive or not tough any of those things. He does not back down. Uh, you know he's physically, uh, you know, there's been teams that have given him some trouble with their strength, but it's not an issue of want to or competitiveness. He is very, uh, uh, very good in both those areas. And he really, in my mind, he impacts the game more defensively than offensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, blocks a ton of shots, makes a ton of shots, you know, get a ton of shots, get redirected <laughs> because he's yeah. standing in the lane. Mm-hmm. And, and the other thing I've noticed, A lot of shots don't even get taken and people go in there and they, they see him uh, protecting the rim and they, they kick it out or they, you know, they do something else. They, they dribble it out because they just know it's not going to work. So he has been uh, he's been fine at the offensive end. He's got a great three point stroke. He hasn't hit it, uh, hit it regularly yet, but I, I think that'll come his, his three pointer looks smooth and then he'll, he'll create on his own with, You know, he'll take the ball from one end of the floor to the other. High-low game and putbacks. uh, Mm -hmm. uh, His offensive game is still kind of maturing. He's still learning that part of it with Gonzaga's system. Uh, But defensively, he's been uh, very important for what they're doing.
0: Yeah, and I guess in terms of the offense, Jim, uh, we're speaking with Jim Meehan, who covers the Gonzaga Bulldogs as we – do a preview for Texas Tech Gonzaga which is going to be played at noon Saturday as part of the Jerry Colangelo Classic in Phoenix that'll be on CBS as well of course talking with Jim as i just mentioned from the spokesman review covering the Bulldogs the last 14 years getting a little bit of a of a primer here on the Gonzaga the Gonzaga roster talking about Chet, I know you you mentioned it before with his offense. I, I would imagine, uh, or maybe I'm off, but would they expect him to play a little bit of uh, guard or even point? Because I mean, like you said, he's a unique guy to where he has brought up the ball uh, during high school.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's one of the things that makes him, you know, a lot of the recruiting analysts call him a unicorn, just how unique he was. Yeah, and, But he, he plays the four most of the time, but in Gonzaga's system, uh, through the years, they've had, I guess you'd call them stretch fours, yeah like Ilian Tilly, a guy that's playing for Memphis. Uh, Brandon Clark wasn't really a stretch four, but uh, Brandon and Rui Hachimura, who were on that 2019 team yeah. that lost to, to Tech, yeah. uh, you know, Rui could hit mid-range shots, hit threes mm-hmm. okay, and Brandon more or less played inside in the paint. Yeah, uh, But we've had DeMontis, Sabonis, Kyle Wilcher, a guy who played in the NBA for a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, just guys that are very versatile, uh, can, can put the ball on the floor a little bit, but can really hit three balls. And And, and Chet does that. Uh, he's, he's only shooting 33% from three. Uh, but like I said, I think that's going to climb. He, his shot just looks too good for that not to happen. And, and I, didn't, I didn't really expect him to be a huge scorer anyway you've got a guy like Timmy who's probably going to average around 20 a game and did so last year Um, you you know that's going to be the focal point of the offense getting it inside putting pressure on opposing bigs and then you've got shooters around him guys like uh, Strother guys like Holmgren Rasier Bolton has made he's one of their best three-point shooters which has been a pleasant surprise because he he does everything else very well Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but his career numbers didn't indicate that he would shoot 41% from three. Yeah. And then Andrew Nemhard is just a, a really talented six-five point guard that runs the show. So I I kind of thought the offense would run through Timmy, and for the most part it does. Strother's a very good scorer, so uh, I think Chet at 13-5 is just about what I expected. Yeah. And the other things, the rebounding, the blocks, the passing, he's a very mm-hmm. good passer. Yeah, or uh, what kind of he, he fills up that stat sheet. And, and he's very much like the guy they had last year, Jalen Suggs yep. from the same high school, played on the same AAU team. Uh, you know, there, there's not uh, there's no doubt that they are team first guys. They say it. They talk about it. They walk the walk. Uh, this guy does not force any threes. Uh, any shots for that matter Holmgren plays within the offense uh, I kind of wish he'd be a little more selfish at times yeah. <laughs> he'll yeah. turn yeah. down shots so that's probably uh, why they're they're so uh, Jalen and, and Chad have been such good fits with the Zags
0: so on on that note uh, before we kind of finish off the roster here I know I've mentioned Rasier you kind of mentioned Andrew Nimhard who was a transfer from Florida are there some maybe unheralded guys that I know everyone's going to mention Drew Timmy, everyone's going to know Chet Holmgren, but are there some guys that have really kind of made things work for this uh, team and to where maybe if, if if there's a possibility that this person could kind of stand out in a game where maybe Texas tech is going to try and take away Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren by maybe uh, packing the paint.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that, uh, that could very well happen. and They don't have the, They're a very deep, talented roster, but they don't play a ton of guys, at least in tight games. Yeah. Uh, So the three guys off the bench you'll probably see the most of are Nolan Hickman, Mm -hmm. a guard that signed with Kentucky, uh, ended up changing his mind and and coming to Gonzaga. Really solid. uh, I mean, he's a freshman, but he kind of plays beyond his years. A good passer. He's been a pretty good shooter. Uh, Just a very poised guard that has given him some good minutes, really played good against Alabama. Um, another freshman, highly rated kid, Hunter Salas. He's mm-hmm. from Omaha and very bouncy, about 6'5", uh, can really guard and just kind of a, a crafty score. He, he, he's very good cutting along the baseline in transition. He'll get a put back and a stick back. Um, you know, he, he finds a way to score and impact the game. And then, kind of their veteran uh, first guy off the bench is Anton Watson, six uh, eight. He had a game the other day where I think he had nine points, ten rebounds, five assists, three steals. Uh, he's a six eight forward, so yep. he, he can do a lot of things. He's very good defensively. They'll switch screens, and he'll end up guarding the point guard or the center or who, anyone in between. He's that versatile, so. Those three guys are who you're going to see probably in the 15 to 20-minute range coming off the bench, and, and all three have kind of had their time where they uh, really impacted a game.
0: Once again, speaking with Jim Meehan, who covers the Gonzaga basketball team for the Spokesman Review. Switching a little bit over to Texas Tech and kind of maybe what you've spoken with Mark Few or some of the players about before this game in Phoenix at the Jerry Colangelo class at 2 p.m., on Saturday, Jim, what what are they concerned about, or what are some of the challenges that Texas Tech will pose? Minus uh, the obvious, uh, they've been one of the better teams on defense, along with all the rest of the Big Twelve conference.
1: Yeah, no, the, they, their media day is actually tomorrow. Gotcha. I'm going to miss it, but I'll I'll be flying to Phoenix tomorrow morning. But yeah, they did talk a little bit after the Merrimack game, and Mark Few knows Texas Tech's program pretty well from going against him a few years ago when Chris Beard was the head coach and he knows that defense very well it's uh, I think he they called it the the no middle defense yep and it's very very similar to what Baylor ran against Gonzaga another kind of interesting angle to this game yes that defense gave Gonzaga problems I think Gonzaga scored 70 in that game and and that for them was not, yep. uh, not a normal day at the office. They, they were almost always in the 80s or 90s. So uh, that's the matchup that they're, you know, they're, they're very well aware of uh, what Texas Tech does. I'm sure watching the Tennessee game film where I think Tennessee had 52 points in 45 minutes. That probably didn't cheer him up either to watch. Well, <laughs> shut down Tennessee. Well, 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 keep in mind
0: Texas Tech couldn't put the ball in the basket till overtime. <laughs> yeah, but keep that in uh, mind. It was tough.
1: No, <laughs> uh, there was, there was some uh, bruised rims at times in that game, but yes. Um, obviously, Texas Tech defensively is is uh, is is really an accomplished program. So it'll be interesting to see how Timmy operates, how Holmgren. Operates if if they can get three point shooting out of Strather and Bolton and Memhard, but and I'm kind of anxious to see what happens defensively. Uh, You know, can the Zags keep uh, Terrence Shannon under wraps? Uh, I know he's a a talented kid. He's he's good for about 16 or 17 a game usually, but in big games, those guys kind of rise up and 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 do something special. That's what you saw. Uh, against Duke, Paulo Bancaro had 20 in the first half. That's what you saw against Alabama. Kid named Jaden Shackelford had a 28-point night on the Zags. So uh, I think there's kind of uh, all kinds of, of good storylines going into this game, and, and uh, we'll see how it plays out, but I, I'm expecting a heck of a game on Saturday. Well, speaking of that, and we're going to kind of wrap things up with this, as I always kind
0: of ask some of the and beat writers, we're talking with Jim Meehan, who covers the Gonzaga Bulldogs for the Spokesman Review, covering them the last 14 years as we preview Texas Tech and Gonzaga, Texas Tech ranked number 25 recently and Gonzaga number five in the Associated Press Top 25 poll. If you're watching this game, which you will, obviously, uh, Jim, and Phoenix, what will tell you Gonzaga's in a good position to win or Texas Tech is in a good position to win?
1: I'd say the quality of shot. Uh, if, if Gonzaga is, is playing the way they want to, uh, they're getting the ball inside, uh, Drew Timmy's converting, and they're getting enough three-pointers to keep the defense honest, uh, to get out in transition and go pretty good. Uh, but the quality of shot is, is probably the biggest thing for them. And, and then I think the other one, uh, it seems like both teams are pretty effective rebounding. Uh, Zags are about plus 14 on the boards, and I know Texas Tech gets after it pretty good. Uh, if Gonzaga can keep their turnovers down, that's been an mm-hmm. issue of late. They've been in the 16-17 range. Uh, same unless, for tech yeah. <laughs> yeah well that's that's the thing because it, 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 if they can cut those down they usually score it at a pretty high rate when the, when yeah. they don't have a turnover to tomorrow possession so uh, I, I think they just uh, you know they've got a young team people uh, kind of looked at the preseason rankings and Timmy being a, a preseason pick for player of the year and just kind of thought it would be smooth sailing but yeah when you're putting so many different pieces together it makes it a lot different than the last year's team which had a ton of experience a ton of upperclassmen and and guys that just knew how to play together this team's going to take some time but uh, they showed early how good they could be against Texas and, and UCLA and then have taken a step back here the last week or two uh, but with the time they've had to work on it And going against a quality opponent, I I, I think uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of get back on track, especially offensively against Texas Tech.
0: Once again, that's Jim Meehan, the Gonzaga basketball beat writer for the Spokesman Review. Appreciate you taking the time, Jim. Uh, We'll see you out in Phoenix for that game 2 p.m. Saturday at the footprint center as part of the Jerry Colangelo classic. And it'll also be on CBS for those unable to make it out uh, a, a, any uh, advice for a, a guy that's making his first trip to Phoenix or, or have you been to Phoenix before? I guess.
1: I I've been there quite a few times and, uh, it's kind of nice to wear flip flops and, and eat outside at restaurants in the, in the middle of December that doesn't yeah. happen up here in Spokane. So uh, usually the weather's pretty good. And, and, uh, Zags have had some pretty memorable trips down there, so I'm looking forward to it.
0: Awesome. Well, once again, that's Jim Meehan, Spokesman Review. Appreciate you listening to another edition of the Red Raider Podcast. I'm Carlos Silva, the sports editor for the newspaper. If you want to get more Texas Tech information, go to lubbockonline.com, pick up the newspaper every day, or you can follow me at Jr. Appreciate you all listening. We'll talk to you next week.